TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And today we are without Damien Christoph, post-summit. Uh, we're He's pretty out. Yeah, he's burnt he's out. He's burnt out from being so popular at the summit, racing around, chatting to everyone, hugging everyone, kissing everyone. He's he loves the summit, doesn't he, Damo? Well, you know, he's taking a couple of weeks off here just to, you know, after after greeting nine hundred and fifty people with his hugs, it's gonna be pretty <laughs> tough. Uh, well, listen, Brett, I'm excited. We're actually doing a different recording time because we had to make time for this gentleman that we actually have on today. Um, it's uh, this gentleman, Yuri uh, Alkem. See, I told you I was going to screw it up. <laughs> uh, Yuri, sorry about that. But Yuri, listen, no Yuri uh, is a, a gentleman I met um, probably about two years ago now. Uh, we were actually uh, at part of a, a strategic coach uh, coaching group that uh, we're back in Toronto. I used to fly from Perth to Toronto four times a year for one day. And, uh, and Yuri, uh, we had, uh, we had dinner over the first night and I remember having sushi, I think we had, and we were just having conversations about, you know, what we did. And one of the things that struck me was that his story was just so amazing. And I hope that we get to dive deep into the story, but basically is that, uh, I won't go into it too, too much, but I want to give you a big, big background is that, uh, Yuri, you know, when he was uh, about 17 years old. Uh, started, um, he had, had a dream of playing professional soccer, and then he had a uh, certain health crisis started happening uh, throughout his, uh, you know, his early, uh, I guess, late teens, and then leading to his university studies, he just dived into the books and just really studied and hard and figured out exactly what was going on with his health, and then uh, he eventually became a pro- professional soccer player, and then. He's going to go into the story and how that came to be. And now he has been helping millions of people around the world with his New York Times bestseller book and also been on you know things like Dr. Oz and everything else, So, which is an incredible story. So welcome to the show, Yuri. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. So Yuri, let's uh, touch base on... Um, you know, from that beginning parts of, of, of your you know, health journey. Like, how did you... What, what happened around 17 years old? Well, it was kind of like a volcano that eventually erupts, but like for years, things have been brewing, you know, under the the mantle of the earth. So for me, it was um, years of just really poor dietary choices. And not that I was like consciously making those choices. It's just, I didn't know better. So eating a lot of processed foods, lots of sugar, lots of junk. And I didn't realize that a lot of the things that were happening to me, I had like really bad eczema, really bad asthma, uh, digestive issues, very low energy. I didn't really pay attention to any of that stuff. So my body said, you know what, let's, let's give you a, a bit of a, a harsher signal. So when I was 17, uh, I remember coming home from soccer practice just a few days before my 17th birthday, actually. And uh, I jumped in the shower because I was all you know, dirty and sweaty. And uh, went to shampoo my hair. Uh, you know, I had long brown hair at the time. And you know, rinsed everything out, opened my eyes and looked at my hands. And I was like, whoa. Um, there was a lot of hair in my hands and I was like, that's, I've never seen that before. That's not normal. So, uh, toweled off and a little bit of a panic and I looked at my towel and the towel again had a lot of hair in it. And I was like, okay, this is, uh, not, not a good thing. So, uh, being the, you know, proud 17 year old that I was, I didn't tell anyone, uh, next morning I woke up and my pillow was full of hair and I was obviously starting to question and, and really think about, you know, what the heck was going on. So uh, a few days later, I told my mom what was happening and uh, we went to see my doctor and my doctor, you know, started to look through my head and noticed some uh, coin sized patches, uh, bald, bald patches. And he said that I have this condition called alopecia. And 
uh, I, was, I was like, well, you know, what can be done? And he's like, well, not, not much. We can inject you with cort- We can inject your head with cortisone. That's about it. I'm like, well, that's, that's not going to happen. So uh, within the space of about six weeks, I lost all the hair on my head, eyebrows, eyelashes, everything all over my body. And uh, that was very interesting because I was in my senior year of high school. And, you know, previously uh, being, you know, somewhat of a, a sought after jock, if you will, um, then, you know, almost two months later, walking down the halls, looking like I just came out of the chemo ward was uh, very different to see people's, you know, reactions to me. Um, so that was that was an awkward time. Uh, thankfully, I think I, I, I did pretty well with that. I had a good group of friends and I think I just had a good perspective on it at the time. I was like, you know what, honestly, it's... Um, it's really only hair. Uh, there's people that are there are people that are suffering with way worse, but it it also really spurred inside of me uh, a desire to want to fix this and really get to the root of what was happening. And unfortunately, the medical community, uh, no surprisingly, didn't have any answers. And I, you know, w- crawled under every rock for about eight years to try to figure out what was going on. Led me to pursue studies in kinesiology and health sciences, and then I um, went back to school afterwards after playing pro soccer and studied holistic nutrition which was a real big catalyst for me where uh, on my first day, I remember asking one of my professors who was a naturopathic doctor, I asked her, I was like, you know, by this time I'd really kind of been thinking about a lot of this stuff and and had done a lot of the research. And I said, I asked her, I was like, do you think that my hair loss and this autoimmune condition uh, could have been due, uh, at least partly due to my diet? And she's like, well, absolutely. We see this stuff every single day. And I was like, where, like, where were you guys for the past eight years? And I, I, I guess I had never thought about you know, seeking an alternative route to the medical community. And so when I started to learn about you know, eating properly and, and the effects of toxicity in the body and how you know, different foods impact um, the body from different facets, be it inflammation or, or things like that, I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. So I started to clean things up and very, very quickly, all of my issues went away. So the asthma and eczema just disappeared Within a couple, literally a couple of days, uh, my energy was through the roof overnight. And this was, for me was the big thing because for most of my life, I was exhausted, like 10 to 12 hours a night um, and still feeling really tired throughout the day. And here I was, you know, really starting to change my uh, and improve my diet. And within a couple of days, I was sleeping like seven hours and bouncing out of bed. I was like, well, this, I've never experienced this before. This is like... I've never done drugs, but I could only assume it's as close as it would be to doing drugs and really feeling amazing and euphoric. And I was like, I like this feeling. I want to continue doing this. And within about two months, my hair started to regrow. So that was pretty cool. Um, Unfortunately, about four years ago, I went back to my doctor with uh, my oldest son at the time. And she recommended I get a tetanus shot uh, for whatever reason. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Without thinking about it. And as soon as I did that, Within two weeks, my hair started falling out again. So it was just like another confirmation. I'm like, oh my god, uh, it's damn medical community and their uh, and their agenda. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been a very interesting journey. But for me, it was I'm actually very happy without hair. I mean, I think it just suits me really well, and it's part of my. I guess you know it happened to me for a reason. Like it really allowed me to move into this. Uh, on, on kind of take this path on which I'm on right now, which is really helping our, our my, my goal is really to help millions of people uh, improve their health and really go from suffering to health and health to high performance. Because first and foremost, like I've lived a life that's very active and relatively healthy minus the hair loss. And 
I just can't imagine any other way to live. Like I, I can't imagine what it's like when people don't exercise. I'm like, well, what do you do? Like, uh, it's just, it, for me, it's just the norm to be exercising and active and healthy. And, you know, to see people that are suffering with, with weight issues or type 2 diabetes or anything else, it really just, you know, pains me at a deep level. And I've had a lot of people in my, uh, in my family have, you know, health issues that um, is another reason that has, has kind of prompted me into this direction. And it's just, uh, I'm always amazed at how many people like us are doing this and spreading the message of health, yet so many people still have no idea. And then there are those who do have an idea, but obviously need a little bit of, uh, you know, some type of guidance to really get over their own hurdles. So that's kind of in a nutshell my story, and um, it's it's been a really a uh, really good ride. You're either, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing journey. And before we get into it, you know, I'd love to get into the energy stuff and talk all about that. But before we do it, I'd love to talk to you just a little bit about when that hair loss happened. You know, you've got a good shaped head. You're pretty lucky. It's uh, it's worked out all right for you. But I imagine, as you said, that could have been. Um, you know, had a, quite an impact on on you and your confidence, and particularly, I'm interested how that impacted on the way you related to other people. You know, I, I don't know what you were like when you were younger, but you said you're a bit of a jock, and you know, sometimes those jocks at school they can be a little bit, uh, yeah, not always as nice towards other people. And uh, so, yeah. I don't know what you were like, but I'd love to know how it changed you and your perspective and your empathy towards other people when you went through that. Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. I was never really um, like a douchebag. I wasn't like one of those guys like flipping over people's trays in the cafeteria like you see in the, <laughs> in the, in the movies. I was kind of like this well, nerdy it wasn't like jock. Revenge of the Nerds, right? No, no, not at all. Um, I was just athletic, I guess. I didn't have one of those like varsity jackets, you know, with like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's so funny, all those high school stereotype movies. So I, um, yeah, I was kind of like, I was, I was kind of like a, an athletic nerd. I, I really loved studying. I loved school and, and, um, I obviously I was very active as well. So I was pretty, pretty well connected with, um, I had a good group of friends. No one was really into like, you know, I'm doing stupid things, but I think for me, um, I think it made me a bit more self-conscious initially, like really, uh, you know, really looking at, um, you know, it's like I, I remember specifically, you know, taking the bus to school at the public trans, uh, public transport, uh, tr- public transit, not like a school bus. But, you know, I remember sitting on the bus and people come on the bus and they look at you. But are they looking at you because of the way like, you don't have any hair or is it because they think you're attractive or is it none of the above or whatever? So I just started to really uh, create a little bit more of a um, so, uh, just a weird type of perception of how people kind of saw me as a result of that. No, not to the point that it was like fanatical, but I think it just became a bit more self-conscious in that process. Uh, but nonetheless, like it was, you know, I got to the point where, um, I still realized like, I was like, you know what this, I mean, who cares? Like, I mean, there's, there's worse things that can happen. So it took me a little bit of time to get over that, but, um, that's probably, I think probably the one thing that really kind of changed a little bit at that, at that point in time. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's that kind of stress, especially when you're younger, that's definitely got to cause a lot of, you know, the drain on the energy and stuff. And I know today in today's world, I mean, we have people living in constant stress, really. And uh, we have people constantly saying, you know, they have no energy, or they just they can't can't keep up with with the, you know, the constant pressure of, of what's actually happening. In your experience, and, you know, talking to, you know, all these people, and what are some of the, what are some of the biggest energy, you know, vampires that are, you know, draining our energy currently? 
Yeah, well, I think you, I mean, you mentioned stress, which is huge. Um, I'll talk about a couple of foods in a second, but I think stress is really important because stress is not like people think about stress as just like what's happening in their mind. Stress is like everything that puts our body out of balance. So that could be the way you exercise, the environment in which you live. If you're, you know, taking in more toxins than you should, it could be the water you're drinking. It could be, um, obviously the, the emotional side of things and what you're thinking. Um, but like the thing is when, um, you know, when you're, for instance, like with stress, let's just like emotional stress for a second. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, most people want the, the easy pill. They, they, they're not willing to embrace the journey. They just want the events, right? They just want the like standing on the podium. They don't want the four years that went to the Olympics kind of training and stuff. And the reality is like when you're stressed out, it's really, um, it's a decision to be stressed out because an event happens outside of you and how you interpret that event is your choice. And your interpretation of that event is how your body responds to that. So, you know, if you're watching, um, let's just, you know, take the example of an Aussie rules football game because you guys are in Australia, right? So if you're watching an Aussie rules football game and you guys are both at the stadium and one of you is going for one team and one of you is going for the other team, you're going to experience that game very differently based on what's happening on the field, right? So if your favorite team is losing, um, then, you know, the, the person who's supporting that losing team is going to maybe, uh, assuming you're like a fanatic about this stuff, is going to take that event a little bit more um, more stressfully than the person who's, you know, enjoying the win. And the same thing happens in life, right? Like, you know, when you're sitting in traffic, are you freaking out or are you, you know, taking a moment to give yourself, uh, to give a different meaning to that situation. So I think it's really important for on a, on a regular basis throughout the day to really be aware and conscious and present to how you're moving from reaction to being a bit more proactive in how we live our lives. Right. Mm. You know, I've got three boys who, who knows, we might be hearing them in the next 20 minutes screaming and throwing toys around. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but it's like how you respond to those situations uh, can make a huge difference in how your body responds to that from a, from a stress response perspective. So I think mm-hmm. the meaning and interpretation we give things is massively important. Um, so with that said, um, when, we, when we take all of that stuff and then we tack on top of that a lot of the foods that most of us eat nowadays – uh, it, it becomes a cocktail for uh, for for lethargy, really. So the the couple of the big ones, the big energy vampires, are things like coffee, first of all, and I, and I should specifically say caffeine. So it's not just coffee; it's like Red Bulls, it's um, you know caffeinated teas, even though those are a little bit better. But caffeine is caffeine, and the, and the way caffeine hurts the body is that it really it stimulates the adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands are two little walnut shaped glands that sit on top of our adrenal uh, on top of our kidneys. And they're responsible for really dealing with most of the stress that comes into our body by producing cortisol, epinephrine, and a few other uh, smaller hormones. And over time, like these hormones initially are helping our body deal with that acute stress. But when, when they're constantly being circulated in the body with chronic stress, over time, the adrenals can be worn out. It's, it's like driving your car. It's like redlining your car you know, for thousands of miles and then eventually driving your car for hundreds of hundreds of thousands of miles, the car eventually will break down. It's simple wear and tear. And the same thing happens in the body with pretty much any organ or system. And the adrenals typically tend to be one of them that really uh, loses out pretty, um, I shouldn't say pretty quickly, but in a lot of people over years and decades of this constant abuse, they just become worn out. So caffeine is a stimulant and any kind of stimulus inside the body is going to be 
um, received at some level by the adrenals and epinephrine and cortisol will be pumped out. So too much of that over time can be a, a problematic thing. Um, the other thing is, you know, we, very similar to caffeine is, is sugar. Sugar has pretty much the exact same effect as caffeine does, uh, but not, not just at the adrenal level, but caffeine, uh, sorry, sugar directly impacts our blood sugar. So if you have a chocolate bar, for instance, which is, uh, you know, high amounts of added sugar, that's going to be uh, very quickly digested and absorbed and it's going to raise our blood sugar. That in and of itself is a form of stress, right? So again, anything that takes our body out of homeostasis, which is that point of balance, is going to be perceived from our brain as a form of stress. So if we have skyrocketing blood sugar, our body's going to respond by regulating that and bringing it back into balance by secreting insulin. But what ends up happening is when we have this high surge in sugar, well, the body has a little bit of a tendency to really take a lot of it out of the blood. So there's more insulin pumped out, more of it's taken out of the blood. And then we have a drop in blood sugar. So we get into a hypoglycemic state. And then you feel really crummy. You feel like you're in this coma where you can't function properly. You feel almost like this brain fog and you, you, you feel jittery almost sometimes where you need another fix to bring your blood sugar back up to a somewhat of a normal level. So this up and down roller coaster becomes a very big problem for a lot of people on a day-to-day basis and it leads them down a path of very poor food choices because maybe they're starting off their morning with a, a bagel and coffee i'm not too sure what like what's the standard breakfast in australia like what like do you, i don't think you guys have starbucks right wheat bix yeah you know just the wheat just bix. the packaged cereals would be so common in australia yeah and just you know vegemite on toast mate. yeah vegemite uh, on toast. <laughs> i don't know if you tried that yet but that's all awesome. sure that's yeah. great yeah, so like I guess it's not too far different from North America where it's a little bit more focused on carbohydrates, right? Like breads, toast, bagels, muffins, cereals. And, you know, those are all food choices that tend to elevate our blood sugar. And they're not, they're not types of foods that satiate us for very long. So we get very hungry very quickly. By the time we get to work, we're already starving or false, you know, just getting like really anxious at our desk because our blood sugar is dropping. So it's not a great way to start the day. And then because of that, you tend not to make the healthier next choice. You're just looking for that thing to kind of tie you over. You know, maybe it's another mid-morning coffee or muffin or, or you know, something. And then it just goes down this this really downward spiral, spiral throughout the day. So um, a lot of people are stuck in that and it leads to cravings and, you know, all sorts of all sorts. Of, all sorts of things that that lead them out of control, and they feel like they're they're no longer in control of their diet, and that becomes a really problematic thing from a confidence perspective, um, and they just feel crummy, and you know, just like there's like no way out of this. So, uh, caffeine and sugar are two things that I strongly recommend people really limit. Um, and if you're drinking coffee, you know, I, I enjoy coffee. I enjoy the taste of it. So what I do is I just drink decaf, Swiss water decaf, and I don't drink coffee all the time. So when I do, it usually is uh, well, it's always decaf. Um, Hey, the sugar is a big problem as well. Hey, Yuri, I'd love you to talk a bit about exercise because I've, I've sort of read some stuff where you've spoken about exercise and how exercise can be good and bad in terms of your energy. And we actually spoke about this at the Wellness Summit on the weekend. So I'd love to yeah. hear your take on it. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting topic. So uh, my insights from this really came from when I was playing pro soccer because, as you guys know, most pro athletes don't last beyond 35. Like That's kind of like mm. the, 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 the pinnacle. Um, 
and it's funny because I, I play tennis pretty competitively now, and I'm 36, so 35 and over is considered seniors. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, let's, let's take it down a notch. I think they can so, call us masters <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to make us feel better. Yeah, totally. So when, one of the things, so when I was playing soccer, I didn't realize this at the time. So in my early 20s, I was, I was a goalkeeper, and I was asking myself, like, why am I so, ex- like, not tired, but, like, physically exhausted after a game? And I wasn't like I was running up and down the field for 90 minutes, but I was very emotionally invested in the game. So a lot of, uh, you know, shouting with my team and coordinating and making sure everything, you know, every, you know all the guys were where they needed to be and, uh, and whatever. So I was very, very emotionally invested in the game. And I would just be completely drained afterwards. And, you know, several years later when I started to learn about this stuff, I realized that I, I really had adrenal fatigue because – when you feel that ex- that like extreme exhaustion after, for instance, emotional upset or even physical exertion, that's the, that's one of the hallmark signs of just the adrenals are just toast. So, I re- I quickly realized that when you train the body, when you push the body um, at a high intensity for a long period of time, it's going to break down. Right? Pretty simple. Now, there's an c- interesting spectrum because we know that energy comes from or if you want to feel better, just move your body, right? We, you know, we tend to, we, we've all experienced that kind of that runner's higher, that euphoric feeling when we're in the zone, when we're pushing our body, when we get a good sweat on, when the endorphins are, are, are running around in our body. And it's a great feeling. And that's one of the best ways to feel a lot better. And that comes through intensity. So if you're doing some type of, you know, short, intense workout, whether it be cardio-based or weight-based or, or sport-based, you're going to feel that. The other side of the spectrum is where you have you know, that kind of that short, intense bed. And then on, on the other side of the spectrum is where you have this feeling of exhaustion from physical exertion. And it really depends on how your body is able to kind of the state of your body in the first place. So, for instance, when people have adrenal fatigue, I don't recommend that they engage in high intensity type of activity simply because their adrenals are not going to allow them to do so or they're going to feel very tired after doing that. So for the average person who is more or less healthy, who doesn't have any um, serious adrenal issues, I'm a huge fan of short high intensity workouts uh, You know, and maybe three, four times a week at the most. And I'm talking about training movements, not muscles, almost training in an athletic type of way where um, there's nothing wrong with bodybuilding, but for the most, for most people who are looking to get fit <clears throat> and lean, you know, you want to be focusing on full body movements that get a lot of muscle involved. You want to be training with heavier weights, lower repetitions to really foster strength, which is a, v- a very important thing if you want to like stand up from the couch when you're sitting down or walk up the stairs, you know, basic, you know, just like living type of uh, scenarios. Um, and, and, you know, muscle or, or strength becomes a very important foundation for creating a lean, healthy body. And I think a lot of people are so focused on, or I should say a lot of women especially, are focused on lifting lightweights for loads of reps just because of a lot of the uh, indoctrination from the 1980s with all these, you know, cardio pump classes and stuff like that, and I think that's a it's a it's a big disservice to a lot of women. Not that that's uh, not it's not that it's worse than doing nothing, but I think that they could save a lot of time and get much better results by lifting heavier weights. They're not going to get bulky. They're going to save their bones. They're going to get a lot stronger, be more functional in their lives, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, you know, if somebody does have adrenal fatigue, then 
those type of workouts need to be very different, right? Instead of a 20-minute higher-intensity workout where you're going from maybe one exercise to the next with limited rest, someone with adrenal fatigue really needs to chill out. Like it, you almost start training like a sprinter, which is you, know, you do one set of a few reps and then you just chill out and look at your phone or read a book for a couple minutes and then you go back at it again because you have to give your body time to just kind of calm down and deal with the situation. Um, you know, somebody who has adrenal fatigue, you know, again, the same type of frequency during the week, maybe three, four times, uh, you know, doing the workouts, but the nature of those workouts, again, should be based on, again, heavier weights, lower volume, again, low repetitions. We want to keep that, you know, that, that focus on strength being really important, but, you know, you have to give yourself more recovery time between those sets, between those different exercises. And then you want to start looking at things like yoga. And actually, it doesn't really matter where you are on the spectrum of, of adrenal fatigue or not. I mean, everyone can benefit from yoga and some type of active recovery type of um, stuff like that. So that's typically how I see, you know, my recommendations for exercise. <clears throat> One other thing is from a cardio perspective, um, I really believe that a lot of cardio is, is is, is pretty detrimental for, for most people's bodies. Uh, there's a lot of research on uh, what long duration cardio can do to thyroid function, uh, which is obviously not in a good way. Um, and obviously high cortisol output with um, long duration activity. So we want to look at really minimizing our activity, doing it more intelligently, thinking about moving more but working out less. So on a day-to-day basis, how can you stand more? How can you walk more? And And you know, trying to get away from the mentality of like, I'm going to sit at my desk from nine to five and then go to the gym and kill myself for half an hour, right? Because the reality is that that's going to have a very limited effect versus, you know, just being more mobile throughout the day and then getting in those workouts strategically through the week. You know, entering a working week is quite, um, obviously can, can be quite tiring for a lot of people. And we were chatting before and you were talking about some strategies that you can boost your energy overnight. Um, so in the last, you know, next, we got five more minutes left in the podcast. Could you just sort of maybe just brush upon some of those strategies that you recommend? Yeah. So uh, the first and the most powerful thing anybody can do is really infuse their body with more greens. And there's a number of very basic scientific reasons for that. One of them is there's a huge infusion of chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is the pigment that gives plants their green color. And chlorophyll has been shown to be an amazing blood builder. It actually has the same molecular structure as hemoglobin in your blood. Uh, and the same molecular structure as vitamin B12, which a lot of people turn to for more energy. And the reason those three things work so beautifully hand in hand is that they have the same molecular structure. They just have a different core. Chlorophyll has a magnesium core. Hemoglobin has an iron core. And B12 has a cobalt core. So when you take those different elements in, you really start to help build your blood. And when your blood is healthy, it's able to deliver oxygen throughout your body very efficiently. It doesn't get stuck into a traffic jam. Um, that so often happens if our blood becomes slightly acidic, which is um, ba- basically the blood needs to maintain a very uh, slightly alkaline pH in order for it to function properly and for the red blood cells to deliver oxygen instead of getting all clumped together in a traffic jam. So if your blood is moving freely, it's kind of like you're on the highway, you know, in the middle of the night, like there's no one on there, you're, you know, you're just zooming through and it's very efficient. But 
if you start eating foods like you know sugar and caffeine and other things that really start to bog down your system, that flow becomes stagnant. And if your blood is sluggish, you're going to feel the same way. So greens are really important, not just from a chlorophyll perspective, but also from uh, the micronutrients you're getting. Right? So many of us are deficient in micronutrients because we don't eat enough vegetables and fruit. So by really getting in more of these fresh pressed green juices, green smoothies, salads, you're getting more of these important minerals and vitamins into the body that uh, each and every one of your cells requires to really be at their best. So that's the most important thing anybody can do. Um, on top of that, you know, it's, it's really basic things, just like getting more servings of fruits and vegetables. And it, like, again, it's not rocket science, but if we can just be a little more conscious to just trying to get a couple more servings in throughout the day. In North America, I think the average is one and a half servings of fruits and vegetables. And the recommendation is five to 10. So if you can do things like having a smoothie where you can pop in four to six servings of fruits and vegetables right there and then drink it, that's that's a pretty cool thing to do. And you're bypassing a lot of the digestive work because the blender has already digested it for you and it becomes a lot more accessible to your body once you drink that. So I think that's probably the easiest thing anybody can do is have, for instance, a green smoothie first thing in the morning to get their day on the right, started on the right foot. And then throughout the day, look at how I can, how you can get more fruits and vegetables in. Maybe it's snacking on an apple, having a salad with your lunch or dinner, like little implementations like this can make a big, uh, a big difference in the long run. Hey, Yuri, just quickly, cause we're almost out of time. I'd love to talk to you about how to preserve your energy from a mental perspective. I mean, I'm a massive overthinker. And so mm-hmm. I think that I waste so much energy overanalyzing everything. Um, is there a way we can help to, to slow that down a little bit and maybe preserve some energy from a sort of more mental, emotional perspective? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably the same way as, as you and most other entrepreneurs. Like we all have these ideas and things going on in our heads. So I, I think one of the valuable things I got out of strategic coach, I don't know if you got this too, Lawrence, is like the value of having thinking tools where like thinking is the most important activity for anybody who is the leader of something. So as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always thinking of new things. Um, and thinking, it really is the most valuable use of our time because ideas are very valuable if they can be executed. But with that said, if you can provide something that gives you a structured way to think so that you, instead of you know mulling over something for days or hours without much focus and structure, you can get to the core of it and solve the the issue at hand in the space of a couple minutes, that becomes exceptionally valuable. So one of the things that I've been spending a lot, of my, a lot of my time on the last couple of months is really developing these tools to really get what's in our head onto paper in a structured fashion. But I think for the you know for the everyday person who has a lot of stuff going on, like it's it's as simple as writing stuff down, right? Even just doing a brain dump of okay, here's yeah. everything on my. Everything that I'm thinking of, uh, personal, business, whatever else, write everything down. And just just that, it's a very cathartic process just to get everything out of your head knowing that it's on paper now. That's a really simple thing that most people can do. And that's probably, that's probably honestly, that's, you know, if you did that once a week hmm. with whatever's happening currently in your life, just that alone would be a, a massive de-stressor and um, un-overloader. Uh, if that's even a word for uh, for most individuals, it's it's so true though, Yuri. Like one of the things that I've really helped with my clients, just, or even just developing things in the last couple of years, is that is helping them think, like just creating structures of you know paper, or even just blank piece of paper with a certain structure, and then it gets them to think 
in that direction rather than wandering about whatever. And uh, that just that tip alone is is uh, is definitely a huge impact on uh, you know increasing staying their energy, keeping an energy at a higher level. So yeah. Yuri. Um, I know you do, you do a lot of things. I mean, there's so many things that you do. You're you know New York Times bestseller, um, and uh, you know you you have a, a lot of things. And then just before the call started, you said you actually had a gift for our listeners. And uh, yeah. would you like to tell people what that is? Yeah, so for sure. So we launched a a really cool cookbook this summer called the All Day Energy Diet Community Cookbook. It was kind of a cookbook um, that we self published on the back end of my New York Times bestseller, The All Day Energy Diet. And uh, it did so well as a digital version uh, two years ago that we decided to actually publish this or, or print this in full color. And, and uh, so we ordered a lot of copies and we've had several thousand copies left. And basically what we're doing is we're giving the cookbook away for free and we just ask that the, the customer pay for shipping. So wherever you are in the world, obviously the shipping will vary, but um, it's, be- it's a beautiful full color cookbook, amazing recipes that are all gluten-free, uh, they're basically allergen free, so no gluten, dairy, or um, any of those allergens. Very low in sugar. They take less than 15 minutes to make, and obviously they're guaranteed to boost your energy, which is you know goes in line with the title. So, um, if your audience is interested in that, uh, they can pick up a copy at. Uh, I'll just give you the website. It's alldayenergydiet.com forward slash cookbook, and uh, it's 67 recipes. It's awesomeness and um it's it's really cool we've had an, a ton of amazing feedback and that's one of the reasons that we printed in the first place yeah that's an amazing gift so thank you so much Yuri. and uh, i know that you have a, an amazing vision to impact you know 18 million people around the world uh, in the next few years so it's uh it's great to, to have you on the show and to hope that we can you know help you spread that message um, to, to the world itself. And, uh, guys, Thank we'll you. put both, uh, his website, uh, Yuri's website on our, our wellness couch website on the, on the show notes. And plus also to how to get the free cookbook. There's only a few, you know, only a few thousand left. So make sure you grab a, get a hold of that for sure. So Yuri, thank you so much. I know you have to get up early in the morning. So really appreciate uh, you, uh, to come on our show. It's been f- fantastic to have you on board. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. It's been a lot of fun. So guys, make sure you go to Facebook uh, and I'll go to the Wellness Guys and also the Wellness Couch like us there while you're there. And also love to hear your, some of your comments on Yuri's thoughts on doubling your energy. Share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave a great rating and leave a comment there too. Until next week, begin creating wellness into our lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.